What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to episode 153 of the podcast. Week three is in the books. We're ready to move on to week four. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great, Mitchell. Living the dream. Right, Jack? That could be better. Steelers could be a good football team. Oh, we're in the same boat with that one, Jack. We will certainly get into that as we, uh, we're we going to leading off today's show with Shref's Eagles rant of the week, of course. And then Jack and I will be giving you a bonus Steelers rant of the week because there's certainly a lot to say there. So we will start off the show with those two somber segments, and then we'll yeah. move on to brighter days with some starts and sits of the week previewing some week four marquee matchups and then ending the show, of course, with lock of the week. We will recap how we did last week and kind of go over, you know, a little bit of changes we might be doing um, here and and then kind of highlighting how it's going to be going forward. So um, certainly a jam-packed show today. Did Jack leave, Shref? Oh, there he is again. Oh, he's Going right there. Now. He's right there. I'm here. Well, I'm on my phone, so... Camera's uh, whenever I go, out, but he's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So just be prepared for that. But uh, Shrev, kick us off with your E R Eero, Eero, Eero. Yeah, there we go. Eagles the um, th- this one isn't going to be as uh, positive outlook as 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 the last the last one was. Um, Why? Uh, you know, there's a couple of reasons. So I, I put down some bullet points. Uh, the, the first one I have written down is uh, is awful game. Uh, just, I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, I'm sure, I'm sure you had a grand old time. But but as an Eagles fan, uh, I, I wasn't enjoying myself too much. Um, if we're going to get into specifics here, we'll start off, obviously, with quarterback. Um, did not look good. Did not look good. Um, accuracy issues got got shown off uh looked like a deer in headlights most of the game was not pretty um not gonna there's a lot of eagles fans on twitter that are like saying he's he's definitely not the guy i've seen plenty of stats of uh wentz and McNabb and all these different guys who had games like this and uh also this is the fr- i mean i don't know if you guys can agree with this i feel like this is the first like really bad game that he's had since he's been playing i don't know if you agree with that or not but like this was the first one where i was like oh wow he like sucked like really bad um so that wasn't great 
Uh, but the bigger problem is the head coach at the moment. Um, play calling, not good. Once again, uh, to, specifically two carries from Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a sick joke. And then also I, I saw this one on Twitter. Um, the Eagles ran the, the entire game. They ran zero plays where there was a pre-snap motion. So, so really? they, yeah. Yeah. So they got down to the line. Like think about the NFL today. I know it's like hard to like, <clears throat> I feel like that's not a stat that gets used that often, but like every time that they went down to run a play, they got down into their formation and then did not move. They just hiked the ball and they went, they didn't, they didn't make the defense move around. They didn't make him do anything. It made it far too easy for him. Um, offensive line, bad defensive line, bad Zeke ran up the middle all day, just like eight yard run after eight yard run, just pounding it on him. Um, and finally, I'll wrap it up with, uh, you know, really bad game. This Chiefs game is going to be a true test if they're really that bad, the Eagles, or if it was just a really off week. I'm not like I'm not by any means expecting them to win, but like at least act like you care a little bit, maybe. And we'll, we'll see. But yeah, there's my rant. Yeah, that's um, that's yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I was certainly going to bring up as well the lack of commitment to the run game you mentioned Miles Sanders only had two carries himself as a team they only had 12 carries I mean Jalen Hurts had nine of the 12 Gainwell gets a carry as well but a team where you, you would think yeah. the strength of the team would be the, the running game there's really no commitment to it at all and I that's I heard a stat I think that's nine percent of the plays were were run were run plays which not great I mean that's way off. I, I, I granted they were down for the majority of the game. So you got to shift your game plan and throw, but still like, yeah, I, um, yeah, got it. Got to run the ball. That's just, yeah. like I said, Hertz was really bad, but the part that gets me most upset is that. And I think I said this last week, Jalen Hertz is a, is a running quarterback. So maybe, maybe call some design runs for him. I don't know. Yeah. That, that seems like a decent idea instead of having him drop back that we, we knew when they drafted him and even last year was clean. He's not like a pocket passer. That's not how he plays his game. Right. Certainly. You know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm alone in this assessment, but Jalen hurts is not built to throw the ball 40 times no. to have the Eagles win. So did, how many times did he throw 39? I think it was 39. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was like, and I understand they're getting blown out. You got to make your way up the field, but like, he doesn't have he doesn't have to be launching the ball every like they it got to a point where they were like you could tell they like almost like had no clue what they were doing they're like all right go run a route and then Jalen's just going to kind of throw it out there and we'll hope something works and it was it was it was tough to see certainly a tough test this week coming up with Kansas City as you mentioned they are I believe at the moment seven point underdogs last time I checked And a little bit of a short week, you know, they came off of a a Monday night game. So they get one less day of preparation there. Andy Reid makes his not return. I'm sure he's coached in return, (laughs) but is it is return to Philly for to to see the fans again. They always appreciate him. I personally do. So yeah, well, uh, I, I don't have high expectations, but that's certain. That's certainly not an easy task. I know Kansas city is struggling a little bit in their own right as they uh, fell to under 500 in the first time in the Mahomes era in Kansas City. It's certainly something we haven't seen before, but we will see how they fare in week four. We'll move on to Jack and myself's Steelers rant of the week. And it started off uh, the first bullet point I have, similar to Shrev, how he had awful or whatever you had, bad game or whatever that was. I wrote embarrassing. That was my, mm-hmm. my singular adjective to kind of sum up my experience there. 
as I mentioned last episode, I was at the game. Jack was working at the game. So we were both there at Heinz Field. Um, and I'm certainly interested to hear what Jack has to say, because I feel like as the past year or two has progressed, I think I've been a little bit more of a pessimistic fan and Jack has been a little bit more of an optimistic fan. So I feel like it's going to be kind of challenging to be optimistic, but let's have Jack go first and you can kind of give your synopsis of the game. Sure. Um, so this is a pretty, uh, as you just summed it up, our, both our sentiment pretty well towards the Steelers. I have been a little more optimistic than you. However, this game really is making me turn. Um, ben just isn't good. I got a lot of bullet points here. I'm going to go right through them. Ben just isn't good. O-line straight up stinks. Injuries have piled up. Uh, Juju and Deontay out. Well, Deontay started, didn't play at all. Juju played like hardly at all. He got hurt. So, I mean, that was pretty significant. Um, most significant, though, injury that we injuries that we had was TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith were out. Both are starting outside linebackers. We could not get to the quarterback at all. Um, it was uh, our Steelers sack streak of recording a sack, at least one sack in a game of like, I think I want to say like 79 games or something, or I don't know. It was, we have some crazy record of that. That was ended. We didn't even have any QB hits or pressures. Um, that's horrible. I know if TJ was playing, then that would not have happened. I mean, he's, he, he averages like three QB hits a game and a sack. So like that that's why that our defense didn't look as good our best player our the best defensive player in football wasn't there so kind of makes sense um yeah you go now Mitchell what do you think yeah so I mean clearly I agree on all of what you said there uh the number one thing I wrote down here was the interceptions by Ben were just absolutely killer I believe they're really bad I believe one was right after we got an interception, correct? Was that the next drive when we just turned it right back over to them? It wasn't the next yeah. play, but it was the next series. And it was just, it was, I don't even know what he was thinking. And then, like yeah, literally the, some of the things, sorry to cut you off, some of the things that he's doing now, at least he just did yes Sunday. Like, I, I, <laughs> this is going to sound really dumb. I have like no football experience. But I feel like if I were a quarter, if I were in his position, like, I don't see how, like, I would be making some of the decisions he was making, even if I were thrown in there. I don't know. Like, he he must have, he had to have been, like, colorblind on his one pick, I, I think is what you're talking about, where, like, he just threw it right to him. I don't know who it was in the Bengals. I forget. But, yeah, I agree with the original what you said. It's kind of embarrassing. Sorry, keep going. I cut you off. Right. So, again, it, I think, like you said, it, we did not get after Burrow at all. We had zero sacks, as you mentioned. But overall, I mean, I think they did what they could with with the injuries there. It, those interceptions gave the Bengals pretty like pretty good field position. So I know they let up twenty four yeah. points. They let up three That's touchdowns, true. but there's not much really you really can do if you're starting in in uh, in your own territory with, with you know the the Bengals starting their drives there. So that was something that was that just cannot happen going forward. If, if we expect to win games, clearly um, got beat up in the trenches. Ben got sacked four times himself. Najee couldn't get any, anywhere on the, on the ground. I know. And that's on, that's on the O line, but those, some, even the sacks, like 
were some of those sacks were Ben's fault. Like he, it, you can watch the highlights. Like he just got chased and then like couldn't throw the ball away. That was that was most embarrassing. I thought just how I mean his immobility really showed. Yeah, definitely. And I know Najee had a quite a good fantasy game because he was targeted a ridiculous 19 times. Like that's absolutely <laughs> absurd. He had 14 uh, catches or 14, how many? 14 catches, 19 targets. I thought that was a mistake when I first heard that at the, at the field. I obviously I knew he had a lot of involvement in the passing game, but I didn't realize it was that much until I looked at the box score and I heard someone say it. Don't remember who. And I thought that was, I thought they were saying his targets on the season, but then I'm like, what? That was just one. This is just Sunday. And I was absolutely floored. That just, that, yeah. that tells you right there that Ben cannot throw the ball down the field anymore. I thought last year it, it was uh, Randy Feekner's, you know, play calling. That was the reason why he wasn't throwing it down the field and had such a low average depth of, of target. But I'm starting to, it's just, it's just because of him. It's not because of the play calling. If, if Ben could do it, they would call more plays to throw down field. He just can't do it anymore. Well, so, no, let me, I, I am a little optimistic in that regard. I still think he can throw. Well, okay. He's not the deep ball thrower. He was, we saw, I mean, those who watched the game and Mitchell, you saw that deep ball to James Washington was just, he was open. Washington had his guy beat and Ben just overthrew him. Um, Part of, I think a lot of the reason why those screen passes are occurring is because of how little time, like he's getting pressure. Like the O line was just so awful. Like I think, I think that is more the reason why we're not throwing the ball down the field. He's there's just no time to with this O line. Yeah, that, that could certainly be it. Um, but the play that annoyed me the most, and we can certainly move on after this. We spent a, a decent amount of time talking about it, but the fourth and 10 dump off to Najee was the, yeah. I mean, I, clearly that was the tipping point in the, you know, we were down, we weren't going to win anyway, but it's fourth and 10. I think we were down. It was 24, 24 to 10, what the final score was with a minute or two. And you just dump it off. You can't do that. I mean, who cares if you throw yeah. a pick? At that point, a lot right. A lot of people are saying like the play call, like how do you design a a screen pass on fourth and ten when you're uh, back against the wall? But no, of course the play call wasn't that, and that's on Ben. You can't. You gotta just gotta take a shot. You can't just dump it off like. So, um, I really quick the rest of my notes here. Um, I'm I'm not optimistic at all, but the reasons to be optimistic about the Steelers, uh, starting offensive lineman Zach Banner is coming back to replace um, uh, Okaf- or Okorafor, our um, right tackle or left tackle, right tackle, I think. Um, that's uh, he's coming off IR. Stephon Tewitt's coming back off IR, which we lost Tyson Olulu, who's really been like an unsung hero of the Steelers defense past year a couple years so some reinforcements there um and then last thing i assume a lot of wagers are going to be on packers minus six and a half but don't be surprised the steelers cover sunday as the steelers historically play up and down to their competition we would know more than anyone else it's very frustrating but um yeah that's it that's all i got all right there you go we'll see how the season progresses and see if we're in store for our first under 500 season uh, since 2003. Who knows if we can get there, but um, we will certainly see. 
We're going to move on to the starts and sits of the week. I have two starts and one sit. Um, Jack, I don't believe has any, but you can take the floor first. Uh, yeah, I'll make my statement. Uh, with the current state of my fantasy team, my primary fantasy team being 0-3, although it's, it's a good team, I think Mitchell would agree my team's solid. It's 0-3. Um, also, in another league, I lost by three. In another league, I was the second-highest scoring team, and I lost by one. So I declined to talk about fantasy at this time. That's my statement. You guys can go. Well said. Yeah, the cheese balls are absolutely cursed. There's just nothing. <laughs> you could draft the best team possible. This team's still going to be finishing at at best <laughs> six and eight. So, I mean, no, no one likes hearing like people say what their fancy team is. I'm just going to say it because like my team is good and it shouldn't be this bad. Lamar's Lamar Jacks. Lamar's my quarterback. Kamara, Antonio Gibson, who was my keep, my ninth round keeper. Uh, who are my receivers? Mc, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper. No offense. I got Melvin Gordon on my bench. Like it's a solid team in a 12 team league. I don't know. All right. That's it. <laughs> He's fed up. Yeah. You go. Do you chef, you got starts and sits? Yeah, I got I got two I got two starts, two I got two and one also, actually. All right. Go for it. Go I'll for run, your starts. Yeah, I'll run through the starts. So one, um, you know, I'm a pit man. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to a pit boy. Um start Tyler Boyd this week against Jacksonville. Um that's gonna be my first one of the week. Um T Higgins officially out for the game on Thursday. Right. Like the sound of that. I expect points to be scored in this game. I, I don't know. I feel like that, like, I, I like the idea of like Burrow and Lawrence, like some, you know, some, some good old fashioned gunsling and college QBs to come in and do the same thing. So yeah. I'm hoping that's what we get. And if we do, then Tyler Boyd should be due for a good day. Um, and then my other one, this is a guy who is probably on your waivers right now, but I liked what I saw last week. Uh, Tyler Conklin, the Minnesota tight end. Um, going up against yeah, he had a big week. He did going up against Cleveland this week. I believe he had seven receptions, eight targets. Um, I think in standard leagues, he put up around 16 fantasy points last week. Um, Minnesota seems like a pretty good team overall, pretty good offense. And it seems like cousins has been enjoying spreading the ball around a lot this year. Um, so I like the idea of seeing Conklin. If, if you're, if you're in that situation that I feel like a lot of people end up in because there's only like five tight ends that are like legit like draft picks and then the rest it's just you're hoping you get lucky so if you're one of those teams that are on the outside looking in need someone to pick up real quick i would recommend him for the weekend yeah that's certainly a good waiver wire target i mean a lot of those guys are just if, if they score they'll have a good week if they don't then they're pretty useless but yep. i think he has two or three touchdowns this year i don't quite remember but... i think it, it's definitely two it might be three gotcha okay uh, well, I also have two starts, as I said previously, and they both come in the Thursday night game. So I'll start with one. It's Jamar Chase. So Shreff and I both like the Bengals receivers, right? Uh, deservedly so, just because yeah. the Jacksonville whole team is pretty awful, but especially their defense and their secondary. Um, yeah, and they, don't, they just traded away Henderson. So there you go. And I mean... Yeah. Another reason why T. Higgins has been ruled inactive for Thursday night's game. The targets haven't necessarily been there for Chase. 
uh, but he's been super efficient with them. He has mm-hmm. four, yeah. four, t- four touchdowns in the first three games, so he's been on fire to start his rookie season. That chemistry is clearly there with Burrow. It has not uh, evaporated in since the t- magical 2019 season. Um, the four touchdowns is obviously going to negatively re- regress as the season goes on, but I don't expect that to happen this week just because, as I said, the, the defense is so bad and the secondary is particularly awful. Um, this is a potential sell high for Jamar Chase. I think you probably would want to wait till after this week, but again, don't think this, this pace he's on is going to continue, but um, that's my first start. Second one is James Robinson goes against the Bengals, obviously on uh, tomorrow night. The Bengals yep. Bengals run defense has been good so far throughout the season uh, compared to where they were expected to be going on going into the season. Uh, I think that is they are being slightly overrated though. They have faced three pretty bad offensive lines to start the year. Uh, Minnesota, Chicago, and Pittsburgh all have, I'd say, at least bottom ten offensive lines. I think that's fair to say. So, not that ja- the Jacksonville offensive line is any better, really, but I just think. Uh, you know, people have been talking about it a little bit, uh, and I don't know if that's necessarily warranted. Let's see if they can sustain it. Um, but I'm just going to probably foolishly, but I'm going to trust that Urban Meyer has figured out how to feature James Robinson. Famous last words. Yeah, that, that really is just the, the kiss of death right there. So, and I, he has made me very angry this offseason. So I'm probably <laughs> going I'm gonna look stupid, but what? Go well, ahead. why? Why are you just all of a sudden just putting trust in Urban Meyer? Like I haven't looked at Robinson's stats or carries. Like, well, last week what? he was pretty heavily utilized. That's what I'm saying. I'm hoping that trend continues and they kind of figured something out. Okay. What are what was his line? Do you have that in front of you? I will pull it up last uh, real quick, but I believe he at least had 15 carries which was certainly more in the first than the first two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I will pull it up right here. He's RB 16 overall in the season. First two okay. week, first week, he had five carries and three catches. Um, week two, he had 11 carries and three catches. Week three, he had 15 carries and six catches. So he had 21 touches That's more in like week, it. week three. Um, uh, 15 carries for 88 yards. And one touchdown, six catches for 46 yards. That's 22 and a half fantasy points and half DPR. Um, Jags looked a little bit better in week three. I mean, they were kind of hanging in there with the Cardinals for a little bit. I know they kind of uh, lost yeah. it at the end there, but they were competitive for at least three quarters of that game. So I'm hoping that, again, I'm probably going to look really dumb, but I'm hoping that he features him. Another reason why I really like it is that. Lawrence, when he's under pressure, which he's been under pressure a lot, because as we said, the offensive line's pretty bad. He does look to dump it off a lot, and I think Robinson's definitely going to be heavily utilized in the passing game. He has 15 targets in the in the first three games, as I just said, so I think he'll be right there, and um, he'll certainly rack up those points in PPR league. So I'm I'm really liking Robinson this week, and I hope that uh, good good production continues. So, who is your sit of the week, Streff? Um, this is, so this guy's a little more of like a fringe guy on teams. I feel like there, I've, I've been seeing trends the last couple of weeks where people have been throwing this guy in their starting lineup because of his, uh, big play potential. Um, 
I'm going to be sitting Rondale Moore this week against the Rams. Um, like I said, I know like if you're if you're one of the top teams, there's there's a chance that you might not necessarily have to start him. But I know I've seen teams firsthand in like 12 team leagues and people like that that are tossing him in there. And they're sometimes wide receiver two, sometimes flex position. Um, this is more just because of this Rams, the Rams defense that I've been seeing. I feel like they've been kind of taking receivers away pretty well so far. Um, and it just doesn't, it, it does, this doesn't seem like a defense where you're going to be able to get those huge big plays. And that's what Moore has been relying on. So that that's going to be my set. Yeah, certainly. I mean, Rams got a great defense. I'm, I'm a little bit wary of the Cardinals this week. The Rams have kind of had to had their number over the past year or two. So it's not a, not looking too great, but yeah, we're all, we're probably going to get into that when we preview the week four matchups as well. So um, that's certainly a good option to maybe be a little bit cautious about Ronda Moore and, and fade him in, uh, especially in DFS as well. A sit I have, I in my mind, it's pretty obvious. I mean, he could be your RB2 maybe for some teams, but Damian Harris going against the Buccaneers. I was debating between him and, and Moore, so there you go. All right, so we're, we're, oh. we're on – we're on the same page here. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. Tampa Bay is absolutely elite against the run. They have been for the past year and a half, two years. Uh, I had the stats in front of me, their first three games. I took some screenshots of it, but week one against Dallas, they Dallas ran for 60 yards and 18 carries. That's 3.3 yards per carry. Week two, Atlanta, 20 times for 55 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. And then last week against Los Angeles, 24 times for 76 yards, 3.2 yards per carry. Overall, they're fourth in rushing yards allowed per game uh, go for the first three weeks of the season. I think that the uh, the Bucks are really going to take care of the Patriots, and that's likely a negative game script for, for Harris, who really isn't involved much in the passing game to begin with. I mean, he only has five catches through the first three weeks of the season. So if they're down and they're looking to throw the ball, I think he's going to be completely phased out of the game. And I just would not feel confident whatsoever in putting him in my uh, starting lineup this week. So, and I believe in fantasy stars, uh, Bill Brackman did sit him. So there you go. He, uh, wow. he read my mind. So yeah. there you go. We're going to be taking a slight detour here as Jack is going to be telling us about the best play of his football career and his touch football class. Let us know oh, what no. happened, Jack. I really, I'm, I'm, I chatted you guys that because I want to say that after we we're done, but since you brought it up, I, I think you should do it. Yeah, I think air. you should do it now. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I, Jack, no, sorry, he, I thought you meant after that segment right there. Not I know, this is better. I, know, this I, is better. I, I, I see how that could have been misleading. This is better. This is better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so i am in a touch football cl- flag football class at Pitt. that is so um, awesome where we just Go we ahead. just play flag football for one credit mm-hmm. um so today like we just played a big game with the whole class today so 10 v 10 but like three subs um so anyway uh we were up by touchdown as time was running out and the other team they had a long drive down the field and they eventually scored so we are on our goal line. Game's tied 5-5. Time for one play. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so um 60-yard field. Field's very nice. It's like made for flag football. 
60 yard field. Um, defense playing huge prevent. <laughs> so our quarterback, quarterback said to me and Brandon Bell, shout out Brandon Bell. Um, uh, do you guys know what a hook and ladder is? And we're like, yeah. So then, uh, so we just right away, we snaps the ball. Me and Brandon are lined up on the right side. We both run pretty short. I mean, not even short routes. Like it was probably like 20, 25, 25 yards. Uh, Tyler throws it up. Our quarterback throws it up to, to Brandon. He makes a really good catch out of the air and comes down with it. And two, defend, two defenders converge on him. And he just turns to me. I'm like 10 yards to his right. He pitches it to me. So I start going, streaking up the sideline. And I, I'm going towards the end zone. And two defenders are converging on me from different angles. I hit the biggest spin move of my life. Crossed them both up, and I ran the end zone for, for a touchdown. <laughs> Crazy. We won. Did the crowd go wild? Ex- yeah, time expired. The crowd went wild. It's great. Yeah. So it was spe- nuts. Speaking of uh, a hook and ladder, I, I also had a flag football game tonight. And yeah. the other team ran a hook and ladder successfully against us. Not for a touchdown, but a pretty big gain. So, wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a great play to utilize. No one really expects it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a good trick. Did you play. guys win? I know in the in your week in your first week, you guys had a big win. We did. We no no. We did not win this week. First week we won fifty to twenty. So much a big blowout. And then this week we went against the two time defending champions of the league. Uh, they were really That's, good. Uh, tough. Really good. We hung out. We hung in with them in the first half. It was 19 to 19 at halftime. Okay. Uh, and they ended up winning 47 21. So they blew us mm, up. Uh, but you got the halftime adjustments. They had the halftime adjustments. Yeah. So and you got safety. Uh, we returned a conversion for two points. Nice. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we did all right, but we will certainly bounce back. Um, there we go. That's enough of our flag football tangent. We will move back to the episode here and today's okay. agenda. Uh, yeah. So what's on next? What's what's up next for the agenda? Uh, we're going to be previewing our week four matchups today. Um, okay. We usually always pick the same one, and I'm I assume we're all going to be wanting to be talking about the Bucks and Patriots. But so well, there's yeah, there's like a sorry to kick you off again, but there's a, a lot down. of there's a lot of good matchups this week. Yeah, I feel like I have a so. I don't think we're going to overlap. <laughs> Okay. I, Who wants I, to go first? I'll go first. I did the uh, Cardinals and Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked okay. about it a little bit when Sheriff brought up Rondell Moore. Uh, two undefeated teams. We, we said it on the previous episode. This is absolutely loaded division. I know the Seahawks are now one and two, but uh, it's still fantastic division overall. These are the two undefeated teams. The I think the Rams are going to take this one. I'm a little nervous. I have Kyler on three of my four te- fantasy teams. And last year against the Rams, he had 20.2 fantasy points in the two matchups against LA. So that's 10.1 points per game. He was kind of hurt in both games. The last, the second matchup was the last week of the season and they were fighting for a playoff spot, but he was kind of banged up. So I guess you got to maybe give him a little bit of a pass there, but he has historically struggled against the Rams in the first two uh, years of his NFL career. So I think, uh, they could certainly pose some problems for them. And I think the Rams are going to win this one, unfortunately. So what do you guys think about this matchup? I mean, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, it should be a good game, but I, I, I'm not super confident in the Cardinals this time around. Yeah. Going in, this is the one I'm most excited for, but this is also one where I, I could see, I, I don't see that any way that the Cardinals run away with this. I could see 
a scenario where the Rams get out early and kind of mess them up. But I mean, in terms of this week, definitely my favorite quarterback matchup of the week for sure. I've been, I've been very much enjoying watching Stafford play. And I think I've already said my thoughts on Kyler on this podcast before. So this is, this is a, a dream come true for me. Yeah. I mean, one of these two, how many undefeated teams are left? I know there was only seven after week two, I think, because we did contenders and pretenders. So I feel like they all won. Now Raider, Raiders, no, they, they pl- Raiders won. Raiders uh, won. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. Sorry, I'm still. The yeah, Bucks yeah. lost. They beat the Dolphins. They did. It, it, I was confused about the last Bucks second. Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the Bucks and Bucks the Rams and... played, but we're, I we're think Bucks that was the only team. Because the Rams are still Rams, Broncos, Panthers, uh, Raiders, Cardinals. Nine, nine. No, Niners weren't undefeated. No, they were. They and were. They lost. Niners lost. Niners yeah. lost. So, so, so Niners and Bucks. Teams. There's five teams. Okay. How we worked this out. Good job, boys. Yeah. There we go. All right, and then there will be one less at least after this week. So, yeah, there we go. What uh, anyone else want to bring up another matchup besides the the Sunday night game? Sure. Wait, Sun Broncos, not Broncos, Rams and Cardinals Sunday night. No, no, I meant besides the Patriots Bucks because that's we're gonna. Oh, uh, I have another one, but I think Jack's gonna take it. Um, I don't think he will do it. I think I kind of, I kind of got two. But I'm only going to talk about one. The two matchups that I'm interested in a lot are uh, Panthers at Cowboys. That's the and, one I had, Jack. Oh, and that's what I'm going to talk about. Oh, uh, Jack. And the, and the Ravens at Broncos. Just because the Broncos and Panthers, I feel like, get their first true test against a quality team. Um, I mean, they bo- both have had three easy matchups uh, for weeks one through three. So they're both playing quality opponents. Um, just my quick, some quick points on the uh, on that Panthers Cowboys matchup. Um, JC Horn likely out for this season. He had a great first two and a half weeks. Um, and as I mentioned previously in the episode, they just Panthers just traded for Henderson from the Jags. So interested to see if the defense, um, still solid against an offense that can really throw the ball in the Cowboys. Um, also offensively interested to see how the Panthers are going to function without McCaffrey, who will be out for, I believe two weeks is what they said, yeah. uh, over under 15 targets for DJ Moore. Um, for the, for this game. Yeah. Under. Yeah. 15 high, but he had like 13 or 14 last game with, well, I guess McCaffrey was out for the majority of the game. So. Um, yeah, DJ Moore is, I can imagine, is going to be super utilized. Um, however, I'm assuming, uh, Trayvon Diggs will be on him. I was, I was, I was just going to mention Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, I was just going to mention. Okay, I don't don't know the kind of scheme, like, if he's going to be shadowing someone or he's going to, like, take a side or whatever. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm almost certain that he, he shadowed Smith pretty much the whole night. Okay, so if that do the same kind of thing, he'll be shadowing more. That'll be interesting matchup between them two. Diggs has had a great start to his season, uh, second season. Uh, and Moore has also had a great start of the season. So be a good matchup there. Um, anything else you want to say about the game, Shreff? No, but I, I do agree with you on the Ravens Bucks. Or sorry, the Ravens Broncos front. Um, the yeah. Broncos are one of those teams where I've been waiting to see them against like a, 
real opponent. I want to see what they're what they're made of. Um, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, though. I don't know, man. I don't know. Teddy covers. Yeah, that's all he does. Yeah. We'll, and before uh, we talk about the – I assume ahead. we're going on to the, the Brady, Brady Bucks game. Brady's on the Bucks. Brady Patriots game uh, <laughs> next. But there's other good matchups this week. The Seahawks and Niners. Seahawks are are Seahawks one and two? Are they two and one? They're one, one and two, and I think. Two. They lost to the Titans and they lost this weekend to the Vikings. Vikings. Right. So I think that's going to be a good matchup. Uh, Seahawks and Niners, obviously divisional. Two I two teams that I think are both good. Um, and then uh, Raiders Chargers. I mean Raiders. They pulled out another win uh, on Sunday. I hope the Raiders stick around. I like rooting for John Gruden and Chargers. Uh, seems to be a pretty legit team taking down the Chiefs last week. So that's a great divisional matchup on Monday night. I feel like the Raiders play on Monday night like eight times out of the year. They already have played like eight times on primetime, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is really a great slate of games. I'm really interested in the Raiders-Chargers game. I'm glad you brought that one up. Um, I love Darren Waller on Monday night. He obviously killed it week Can't one, so... I hope he repeats his performance. Uh, but they're, the Raiders and Charter are definitely two very exciting teams. I'm uh, really interested to see that one. You know, obviously the the Sunday night game is, is going to be great as well and something we wouldn't really fathom for 20 years, Brady going back and playing in New England as a visitor. Yeah. So it's pretty surreal. Uh, I believe the cheapest tickets are like 350 bucks for this game. Wow. And it, I'm sure it can get up into the thousands for, for – yeah. Uh, easy prime easy. seeds so yeah i mean i mean brady was all of these fans entire like livelihoods for uh, over over a decade more yeah I mean, two decades over, two decades yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a big deal it's a big one yeah um but yeah certainly a great slate of games i think this is probably the best weekend so far yeah for um, sure. so i'm really looking forward to it and it, it should be a great one um anything else are we going to move on to i want to get my to, locks to the moment L-O-T- we've all been waiting l-o-t-w for. yeah yeah we are we know l-o-t-w's right now all right so we're going to move on to lock of the week we definitely need a sound drop for that so we will certainly work on that one get on that joey yeah joey we're not paying you for nothing yeah joey we're not paying you nothing for nothing yeah exactly exactly earn your keep a little bit so we're going, I'm going to say how we did last week, if I can find it here in my phone. Also, we decided to implement, we're going to give two uh, locks of the week, just so it can kind of be more of a, what am I trying to say? It can be kind of true to actually. It's going to be more indicative of who the best was on the year, but also, I also like it more because, I mean, as we saw last week, all three of us were originally going to pick the same game. I, I don't think we should be penalized for picking a game that we think is a lock. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Exactly. So along with our picks of last week, we all decided to give ourselves an extra win because uh, we all picked the Cardinals seven and a half and they, they did cover that seven and a half with their win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, of course, did the Broncos minus 10. Everyone heard that. And Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> came through once again, as he always does. And they shut out the Jets. I mean, that was an easy call. So I got another uh, point there. 
Jack had Packers plus three and they won outright. Um, so that was a win for him. Shref. I bet them outright. Fun fact. There you go. Good for you. And Shref did Raiders minus four, and he just came up a little short as they won by three. So almost yeah. there. Uh, so I mean, they had it. They had it until until they didn't. But it was it, it, <laughs> that game was that that game was back and forth the whole time. I I I didn't see any future where the Dolphins with Brissett in there would be would give them a fighting chance. And then I kind of forgot that maybe Brissett's almost as good as Tua right now. So that was. <laughs> That was yeah. my fault on that one, but you know, we gave it a good run. It's early. We got plenty of time to come back from that. Yeah, no, it's very first week we're doing this out here. So, and you still got to win with the Cardinals as we, yeah. as we added that in there. So. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I was also uh, very happy to hear about that rule. Cause I, that helps me as well. Exactly. All right. So I believe Shref went first last time. Uh, so we'll start off with Jack this week. Uh, who are your, should we just do one, one? I one? want to go around one, like we okay. e- each give one and then each give our second. Gotcha. All right. So Jack, who is your first lock of the week? Ooh, which one should I give first? Um, all right. I'm going to go with the game we just talked about. Uh, Bucks minus seven. That's my first lock of the week. Uh, I think the Patriots just, aren't that great right now. Um, and Brady's going to be ultra motivated coming back to Gillette. Um, Bucks coming off a bad loss and they're going to be all the whole team's going to be ultra motivated. I think they're also going to feed off of like Brady's motivation as well. They're going to want to stick it to him too. And I mean, they're just straight up better. I think they're like, aside from all like the, the extracurriculars of what this game means. Like I, the Bucks are seven, seven points better than the Patriots, even on the road. Um, so yeah, that's what I got. Bucks minus seven. All right. Shref, you also revenge back. game for AB too. Yeah. He's back and Gronk. Me? All right, you go. Shref. Oh boy. All right. Um, I'm going to go against my own team on this one, boys. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be taking the Chiefs minus seven against the Eagles. Um, it's always funny how, how like, like whenever you talk about like good team, like very good teams and they lose a game, you're always looking at who they play next week. And it's like, uh-oh, Chiefs coming off a loss, you know, something like that. And that was my exact thought process is Chiefs coming off a loss one and two somewhere where they haven't been before. I don't think, I don't think Andy Reid's going to stand for that. And I definitely don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to stand for that. Um, and the Eagles also showed me absolutely nothing that gives me any confidence that they can cover a seven point spread. So that, that was my like ultra lock of the week. And then I'm between a couple more here that I got to figure out which one I want to go for here, but chiefs minus seven versus the Eagles. I like that a lot. It seemed a little bit low to me. I think the chiefs are going to be hungry. Yeah. We're still, even with their little bit of, uh, they're not playing great football recently. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid still have a fantastic record in September regardless. So, I mean, they hadn't lost a game in September up until this year. So, they're certainly a great bet, and I think they'll, they'll be fine. I unfortunately picked the same as Jack. I'm going Bucks minus seven. Okay. So, I mean, you made a great point. I just want to add one stat as well. I don't know if this is – 100% reliable because it's from walterfootball.com. Oh, no. Oh, oh I love no. Walter Football. 
So not a hundred percent sure if we can trust this. <laughs> That's like a zero percent trust. Some some of his rankings are are way oh they're absurd. Out there. Oh they're absurd. <laughs> but okay, what's the stat though? Brady is in his career off of a loss. He's forty-seven and twenty-one against the spread. All right, sure. All right, okay. Sounds believable. So, I I mean I don't again do not a hundred percent quote me on that because don't know if I can trust the source, but I'm sure even if it's a little bit inaccurate, just gut feeling, he's got to have a good record coming off a loss. Yeah. Even if against the spread. So, I mean, Jack made all the points I was going to make, but I mean, there's just no, they're going to, they're going to roll them. They just really are. Yeah. I mean, that he knows that place like the back of his hand and they're just going to absolutely come in there and, and destroy them. So I'm a hundred percent confident in bucks minus seven. That was my pick. That was my pick right away. Even before we decided we were going to go give two picks, so Bucks yeah. all the way. I think that is a hundred percent a lock. Jack, who is your second lock of the week? I really, really hope we don't have two of the same, and we're just going to roll with that, right? Yeah, I, yeah, we are. I, I feel like yeah, for me, I, I feel like for me, it's. Pro- I I would like it if you guys had True. them together. Definitely. Well, I don't have the same as Mitchell, but I have the same as Stress. Uh, I'm Chiefs minus seven. Chef made a lot of points that uh, I agree with. Uh, re- yeah. Kind of revenge. We talked about it briefly. Revenge game sort of for Andy Reid. Um, I really think it's a generous spread to the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles got a little more points because they're at home, but still, like the Chiefs are just so much better. Going to be very hungry coming off the uh, extremely close loss against the Chargers last week. Um, I think they're going to steamroll them. So. And Eagles, as we talked about a lot at the top of the show, they don't look great either. So, yeah, that's really all I got to say about that. I think I was very, I was kind of surprised a lot at that spread when I saw it. I think I placed a parlay today of Chiefs minus seven, Bucks minus seven, because I feel like both those spreads are going to continue to climb. So I wanted to get them now when I can, because I got an alert earlier today after I placed, which my, my thinking was right. Got an alert saying 94% of the bets so far have been on Bucks to cover. So I, if you want the Bucks to cover, get that in as soon as possible because the public is way on the Bucks. So you're going to, that spread's going to continue to increase yeah. the Bucks. I kind of feel like it's going to be the same about the Chiefs, even though less people are paying attention to that than they are Bucks and Pats for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's certainly true. That's insane. Ninety-four percent. Where did you hear that? <laughs> uh, I got a Bleacher Report alert. I think. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it it, it seems it's uh, nuts. It seems like a given. I mean, like you said, like I mean, for another part, like like going into Gillette is normally a, a big time disadvantage for the away team. I feel like you you get a rowdy Patriots crowd there. It's a little tough to deal with. I mean, the guy they're going against has been had been doing it for twenty years. Like he. He's built for that game, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm just re- checking the alert now. 94% of the spread bets are on the Bucks as they travel to New England. And Brady returns to Foxborough. Yeah, that's that's a lot. It is a lot. Shreff, who is your lock number two of the week? Yeah, I was debating between a couple on this one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna trust I'm gonna trust a, a great running game versus a what I would say as been probably the worst team in the league so far this year um, i'm going to take the titans minus seven against the jets um i've been liking what i'm seeing out of tennessee at, at week one against arizona the arizona came out and just 
punch them in the mouth, which was tough to see. But the last two weeks, I feel like they've recovered pretty nicely overall. Um, and it's more, it's more of a reflection of the jets are just, I, I don't know what I'm watching when I watch them play football, but it, it, it's not, it's not good whatsoever. And Mitchell, if I'm correct, the Broncos covered a, a 10 point spread against them last week. Correct. Of course they did. Yeah. So I, the not Titans a, getting, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Not only did they cover, they doubled that cover. Yeah, they won they, by they 26 it. points. Correct. And the Broncos obviously undefeated good team, but like I, if I'm, if I'm looking at the Titans and the Broncos, I wouldn't say I see too much of like a talent difference between those two teams. So, I mean, Titans one touchdown. I, I like my odds. I think it, I think Derek Henry is going to be running rampant. I sure hope so, man. That would be that would be awesome. So. That'd be great for my fantasy team as well. So this is really a win-win for me here if it if this works out. Gotcha. All right. So the last lock of the week I have here. It's interesting. All the ones selected have been minus seven, so they all yeah. have to win by a touchdown. The one I am selecting, however, is not minus seven. And the more I have thought about it, the more I really like it. I don't necessarily have all the stats to back this up here, but it's kind of more of a gut feeling. I am taking the Cleveland Browns minus two to cover against I thought the about Minnesota it, Vikings. I thought about it. The Browns are one of the better rushing teams in the NFL. I don't know if it's just PTSD from week 16 last year when I got my Heart absolutely ripped out from Alvin Kamara, absolutely torching the Vikings. <laughs> Sad excuse of a defense, Swiss cheese defense, but <laughs> I still you still can't believe it. <laughs> I still can't picture them stopping anyone on the ground. I know, I don't remember exactly what Chris Carson did against them last week, but I think he scored twice, if I'm not mistaken. He definitely, he, he, had, a, he had a huge one for one of them. Right. A 60-yarder, which I feel like Chris Carson doesn't really do very often. But, so there's that. Week yeah. one, they played the Bengals. I think Joe Mixon had a big game against them. Week two, they played the Cardinals. I don't remember exactly what happened there. Regardless, I think the Browns are going to come in there. I think two <laughs> points is disrespectful. I think I feel even more confident that's not three or more just because I think, you know, you feel really safe there that they can win by a field goal. I just, I'm really all over this one. I thought it, honestly, I thought the Browns, I know they're on the road or going to Minnesota. I think if I just, was thinking of it like what it should be in my mind, I would have thought Browns four or five. So I thought that was a little bit low when I first looked at that. And I'm surprised it didn't creep up, to be honest. So I am jumping all over Browns minus two, and I feel pretty darn confident about it. You know what the Browns are going to do, Mitchell? Win by more than two points? They're going to chunt. They're going to chunt. That's what they're going to do, Mitchell. Chunt. They're going to chub and they're going to hunt. They're going to do both of them. They're going to chunt. I've been seeing that on Twitter lately, and I really like it. Hashtag chunt. Mitchell, I got I got two words for you, Mitchell. Okay. Kirk Cousins as an, <laughs> yeah. as an underdog. You don't count Kirk Cousins out. <laughs> There's Yo, only... he, play, he played great last week. He did play great last week. This is true. Uh, it's the yeah. Sox defense. Who cares? Play great. <laughs> three twenty-three, three touchdowns. No, M- Mitchell, if it makes you feel better, that was that I was debating between. Can... I was wow. debating between that one. Um, and also I, w- I was looking, I was looking at that Ravens plus one against the Broncos, but I, I, I stayed away from it. I, in relation, I'm in to love the- with Kirk cousins. I love Kirk. No, cousins. We, we know. Can We're you away. shut I, up for I, a I, second, I, Jack? Just let me, I'm looking, at his, I'm, I'm looking at his stats. I'm looking at his headshot. I love Kirk cousins. 
79% completion percentage last week, a QBR of 93. I love QBR. What's the headshot um, looking like? Looking great. Very uncomfortable smile, and I love it. Love that. Okay. Man, I so, want to wear his jersey. Should I wear his jersey this weekend? Sure. Yeah. And we'll probably get like food thrown on you. At least you should. I might throw the food on you, actually. No. <laughs> Anyway, I love Kirk Cousins. So going off of Shreff, what he just said, and kind of relating it back to what Jack just said. Jack, I believe he just said the words, if there's one man you should never count on, it's Kirk Cousins. I think you said that. Isn't that like, right. a, isn't that like exactly the man you should count out? <laughs> but, no. Right. So I want to make an amendment to that. The only man you should never count on is Teddy Bridgewater. It's Teddy we Bridgewater. Covered, is we, yeah. we covered that last week. Yeah. Uh, and I just, just, I just wanted to say, it's just... It feels just like sacrilegious not picking him for the lock of the week, to be honest. And uh, maybe again, maybe I'm going to look like a fool, just like trusting Urban Meyer with James Robinson's workload. But yeah. I just don't. I I don't know about this week. I think the Ravens I, are going to. I think the Ravens are going to do it. But that, that's kind of what I. But I, I'll also I'll give you some credit. I feel like if you're if you're going to rely on Teddy Bridgewater, you like to, like not saying that you should like shouldn't rely on him. But I, if I was you, I would I wouldn't be as confident with only a one point spread to work with. That, that's a tough one to to toss up with. And that that's also why I didn't take it because although I do like the Ravens for some reason, seeing seeing that plus one just makes me feel weird. I don't like it. Yeah. So I'm reposting Kirk Cousins right now because how much I love him. Go ahead, man. The Browns are definitely. I, you're you're very much in the minority on that one, Jack. I'll tell you that. Oh, hey, I've been leading the Kirk Cousins charge for years, and I'm not going to stop. I'm never yeah. going to stop. Yeah, not many people have jumped on that wagon with you, but I don't know. They're going to get absolutely anyone. hosed. They're going to lose by. At They're going to get hosed. They're gonna I don't think they're going to win this week. They're getting but, hosed. Hey, Give him his due respect. The sports books made a mistake with this one. I'm going to alter it to make the Browns even have to cover even more. That's how. Yeah, I'll alter it to minus. Alter it to minus ten and a half. Yeah, Dude, I don't care. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. What's their stadium called? I don't know. Met that dome. Is it like mm. Met Dome? It's not. That. No, I, I know. I said that dome. That oh, what is it? What is it called? Met that, no. that dome. Oh, I should know this. The Eagles played in there in their NFC chant. Who? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's not worth Vikings it. It's the Vikings. I don't care. Stadium. U.S. Bank Stadium. Don't count out Kirk Cousins when he's in. <laughs> is when he's in the when he's at the bank. When he's at the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, Kirk I'll Cousins in the bank or a match made in heaven. Kirk Cousins in the bank is money in the bank of everyone who bets against Kirk. Cousins. Everyone who bets against Kirk Cousins at the bank. <laughs> right. So, yeah. All right. We went off the rails uh, there led by <laughs> Jack and Kirk Cousins and his irrational love for him. But that was lock of the week. Um, and that's our show, folks. That is episode 153 of the Hogline podcast. We're really looking forward to week four. Thank you all for listening. Uh, be sure to, excuse me, be sure to share this show with your friends family and dental hygienists any other any final words here yeah it's a really bad timing for that isn't uh, it they froze but any any final oh, oh he's back you froze no you no froze. you froze oh okay sorry about that yeah uh, I, I was saying any final words as we close out the show here today uh, i feel good uh-huh.
Go no. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag chunt and Kirk at the bank. That's what we hashtag chunt. Today. Yeah. Well, hashtag Kirk, Kirk at, at the, the bank. bank. <laughs> Kirk at the bank. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mr. T's, for sponsoring today's episode. And we'll catch you next time.